0: Hello, and welcome to Field Notes, the weekly podcast of the Military Fellowship Center in Jacksonville, North Carolina, serving Marines stationed at Cap Lejeune and surrounding areas. Military Fellowship Center is a ministry of Military Evangelism Incorporated. Our speaker and host for the program is Dave Mason, the General Director of Military Evangelism and the Field Director at Jacksonville. Visit us on the web at militaryfellowshipministry.com or email us at Ctr at gmail.com. Now, here's Dave Mason. John chapter 6, starting in verse number 52
1: this week. The Jews therefore strove among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, And I live by the Father, so he that eateth me, even he shall live by me. This is that bread which came down from heaven. Not as your fathers did eat manna and are dead. He that eateth of this bread shall live forever. These things said he in the synagogue, as he taught in Capernaum. This week, Jesus is finishing up this sermon that he has been preaching now all through chapter 6 it seems, uh, and he's, he's been teaching, and we're in the fourth week or so of him teaching about the bread of life. This is him teaching on this subject, I am the bread of life, and he's, he's reiterating the same truth he's been saying over and over again, but nobody's hearing it. And this is a passage that has been maligned, misinterpreted for 2,000 years. It's been used to support the man-made doctrine of transubstantiation, a false doctrine that says that the elements of the Lord's Supper become the actual body and blood of Jesus Christ once the priest prays over them. And nothing, my friend, could be further from the truth. This is Jesus giving the culmination of his teaching about being the bread of life. He's showing us, in a spiritual analogy, he's showing us that there must be a personal, intimate, and intentional contact with the Savior in order to obtain salvation. And so we pick up in verse 52, and it says, After he said all these things, after Jesus had been teaching and preaching and showing all these things, the Jews strove among themselves. That means there was a fight. It's the same word in James four two, which says, You lust and have not, you kill and you desire to have, you cannot obtain, you fight and war. Yet you have not because you ask not. So this is, the Jews are in a fight. There are some, I believe, among them who believe what Jesus is saying, but many, if not most, do not believe. So there's a fight over his Teachings, they're getting fighting mad over what Jesus is teaching here. And their problem is our problem. They looked at the Word of God as being about physical instead of spiritual issues. They were ignorant of the spiritual truths Jesus was speaking to them. Those listening to Jesus knew the law. They knew that eating human flesh or any kind of blood ingested is a forbidden act. Genesis 9.3 Every moving thing that lives shall be meat for you, even as the green herb have I given you all things. But the flesh with the life thereof, which is the blood thereof, you shall not eat. God says, life is in the blood, you cannot eat blood. Leviticus 17.10 Speaking of the ceremonial aspects of the, the temple and such, uh, the Lord says, And whatsoever man there be of the house of Israel, or the strangers that sojourn among you, that eats any manner of blood, I will set my face against that soul that eats blood. I'll cut him off among his people. For the life of the flesh is in the blood. And I've given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that makes an atonement for the soul. So there's a connection between our blood and our soul. Uh, When Cain slew Abel, God says to Cain, Your brother's blood, your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. And so there's this connection there between our blood and our souls. And God says, do not drink blood. Do not consume blood. It's the life of the flesh. But the Jews, like us, are thinking religious activity when Jesus is saying, you must eat my flesh and drink my blood. They're not talking about the same thing. They're not thinking about spiritual truths they're thinking about religious truths. They're thinking about religious actions that they have to engage in. It's Passover when this conversation is taking place. And though the Lord's Supper is no way in mind here, the Passover is. Jesus is trying to remind them of the spiritual significance of spilling the blood and eating the flesh of the Passover lamb. He's trying to get them to understand that he is the sacrifice He's going to allow His body to be broken. He's going to shed His blood for us. And as the Jews ate the Passover lamb, symbolically taking into them the promise of God, Jesus is trying to teach here that there has to be an appropriation. There has to be a personalization. The gospel has to be taken into a person, has to be received by a person in order for it to take effect. Let's go back to the Passover for a moment. In Exodus chapter 12, verses 1 through 13, we get the story of the Passover. Here's what it says. And the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be to you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Speak unto all the congregation of Israel, saying, In the tenth day of this month they shall take to them every man a lamb, according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for a house. And if the household be too little for the lamb, let him take his neighbor next to his house to Take it according to the number of souls. Every man according to his eating shall make your count for the lamb. So you have to have enough people to eat the whole lamb in order to do the Passover. Here's why. The lamb shall be without blemish, verse 5, a male of the first year. You shall take it out from the sheep or from the goats, and you shall keep it until the 14th day of the same month, and the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening. And they shall take the blood and strike it on the two posts and on the upper door posts of the houses where they shall eat it. And they shall eat the flesh that night, roast with fire and unleavened bread, and with bitter herbs they shall eat it. Eat not of it raw, nor sodden it all with water, but roast with fire, his head and his legs, and with the Puritans thereof. You shall let nothing of it remain until the morning, and that which remains of it shall in the morning be burnt with fire. And thus shall you eat it with your, this is how you eat it, with your loins girded, with the clothes on, with your, with your, ready for battle, with your shoes on your feet, your staff in your hand, and you'll eat it in haste. It's the Lord's Passover. For I will pass through the land of Egypt this night, and I will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt I'll execute judgment. I am the Lord. And the blood, the blood that they spattered on the doorpost and lawn of their house, the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where you are, and when I see the blood, when I see the sign of the blood, I'll pass over you, and the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you. When I smite the land of Egypt. Now we read the Jewish literature, and we read the 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 um, midrash and the commentaries, the the um, Talmud commentaries on this. We understand that the 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 man of the house was to take hyssop which was what the priest would later take in the tabernacle and then the temple to sprinkle the blood. And they were only allowed to hit the door twice. They they were allowed to, they had to dip the hyssop in the blood once, strike the door hit it twice, and hit both door posts at the same time. So they had to hit the top, the lintel, then they had to hit the two sides at once, so they had to swipe across. And God said, when I see the sign of the blood dripping down the middle... And crossing over the middle, when I see the cross made in blood on your door, I'll pass over you. You see, the blood needed to be applied to the home, the dwelling place of the people, our body. That is sin's atonement, the blood. The flesh of the animal needed to be eaten. The life of the, flat, of the sacrifice had to be appropriated and internalized, personalized. And in the same way, Jesus needs to be internalized, appropriated. But more than that, what Jesus was offering here in John chapter 6 was not just a pass on judgment for a night, like the first Passover, for a day, for a year, like the blood of the Lamb's sacrifice in the temple provided. Jesus was and is to us today offering a means to receive permanent, eternal forgiveness and deliverance from our sins. The Passover lamb brought physical deliverance. The lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world, John the Baptist said. He, Jesus Christ, he brings soul deliverance. Remember when you were younger, you heard that old saying, maybe your mom would say it to you, you are what you eat, trying to get you to eat good foods. If you eat a lot of bad foods, what happens to you? Well, you get big, you get unhealthy, you have all sorts of problems. You are what you take into your body. Jesus is telling us that as we take food into our bodies and it changes us, so we must allow him into the innermost of our being so he can change us. It's like anything. Whatever you consume eventually consumes you. If you start consuming nothing but fluff, you start getting fluffy. (laughs) If you are consuming media that doesn't uplift you, if you're if you're if you're being entertained by people of low estate, you start being brought down to their level. Do you understand? What you consume, eventually consumes you. So Jesus is saying, consume me. Take me in. He tells his own disciples after this, after our passage today, and we'll get into it in the next podcast, but he tells his own disciples because he knows that they're offended by what he just taught. He's trying to tell them. He says, look, this is spiritual teaching, not fleshly teaching. John 6, 63. It's the spirit that quickens. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. Fellas, listen to me. I'm not talking about cannibalism. I'm not talking about violating the scripture. I'm talking about an internal change. So how can we know for sure that Jesus is speaking figuratively here and not literally? Well, if you look at the passage closely, we know that he's speaking over and over again about life. Listen to what he says in these verses. If you don't eat and drink, you have no life in you if you do have a etern- if you do you have eternal life he says the living father sent me and i live by the father he says those that ate manna in the in the desert are now dead but if you eat the bread i offer you you shall live forever Hmm. let's note a couple scriptures we've got a short podcast this week Listen to a couple of scriptures, and I'll be done. Listen to this, Romans 1, 16 and 17. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. There's life. How do we live our life? By faith. Romans ten seventeen. So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. So how do we get the faith that we live by? By the Word of God. What's the Word of God? John 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Verse 14. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And so to eat the flesh and drink the blood of Jesus means to hear and appropriate His Word to take his teaching into yourself, to take Jesus Himself into your heart by faith. Drinking the blood, eating the flesh of Jesus Christ is not taking a little wafer, taking a cup of grape juice, saying a prayer. The Lord's Supper has absolutely nothing to do. With your salvation. If it did, it would be a work. And then you would have a part in your salvation. And Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9 says, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, or else men would boast. And then in verse 10, it says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works. The works don't save us. The works show we're saved. We don't work to make God love us so that He'll take us to heaven. We work because we've accepted Jesus Christ into our hearts and our lives, and He has saved our souls, and out of gratitude we do things for Him. That's the work. But if it were walking to the front and taking a little wafer on your tongue and taking a sip of wine, and and that would save you for the week then why did Jesus Christ die on the cross? What's the point? If we have to re-crucify him every week, if we have to take the sacrifice every week, then the sacrifice is not once and for all. But my Bible clearly says that Jesus died once, never to die again. And so there's no work you can do to make the Father pleased to take you to his own. His Son did all the work. And it is eating His flesh. It is drinking His blood spiritually. It is making Him a part of yourself, of who you are. It is taking the person of Jesus Christ and making it a part, the best part, of our very heart and life. That, my friend, is salvation. Do you have it today? Do you know for sure that heaven is, is your eternal home if you don't it's the simplest thing in the world jesus did all the work for you you don't have to do anything except accept. that's it it's it's abc it's accept the fact that you're a sinner in need of a savior if you don't think you need a savior then why would you come to jesus but you need a savior we all need a savior Even Mary, the mother of Jesus, called him my Savior. She needed to be saved. She was a sinner. She needed salvation like the rest of us. Everyone needs to be saved. So accept that fact. Accept that you were born in sin and you enjoy it and you've stayed in it. You've lived your life according to your rules, not God's. If you'll accept that and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ came to this earth and lived a perfect sinless life, went to the cross willingly, shed his precious blood and gave up his ghost on your behalf, and was buried, and on the third day he physically rose from the grave. If you believe that, if you'll take that into your heart, confess Christ as your Lord and Savior. You'll be saved. That's all it takes. That's all it takes. Romans chapter 9, Romans chapter 10, verse 9, that if you shall believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and that God is raised from the dead, if you'll confess that with your mouth, believe that in your heart, you will be saved. Period. Everyone, everyone can gain salvation. You just have to believe, confess it, trust in the Word of God. And let Jesus take you to himself and be a part of your life. And he'll take you to heaven when your time on this earth is over. God bless you. Thank you for listening
0: this week. I'm Dave Mason. Thank you for joining us for Field Notes. If you have been blessed by the preaching and teaching you have heard, consider visiting our website at militaryfellowshipministry.com and click the Donate button. Any amount will be a great help to us as we continue to reach our men and women in the military with the gospel. Join us next week as we continue our study of God's Word. God bless you.